with the Be Contagious Leadership Experience Season 2. And today we've got Kyle Adams stopping by the neighborhood. Kyle Adams is a longtime college basketball coach. He's been a head coach and an assistant as well. And he's also the owner, the founder, the head guy in charge of It's Bigger Than the Ball, a company, a resource that is there for all of you coaches, leaders, and companies. In today's episode, we really break down leadership. We really dive into his experience and how communication and connection is the key to not only your work life, but your personal life. Enjoy Kyle Adams. All right, guys, welcome to another great episode of the season two of the Be Contagious Leadership Experience. I've got an icon, one of my dear friends in the coaching industry. Uh, he's a big supporter of our movement, and I'm a big supporter of his, which we'll get into. But with Kyle Adams, man, Coach, how you doing? Outstanding. Outstanding, H. It's great to be on with you, man. It's good to see you, and I'm excited to talk with you today, as always. Well, I tell you, you know, you're, you're someone who you are a mover and a shaker. You know, right, you, you've been a women's basketball coach, you've been a head coach, assistant coach. Briefly, share with our listeners who you are, what you stand for. Oh, wow. Uh, who I am. Wow. I'm a, I'm a father. Uh, I'm an educator. I'm a coach. I'm an I'm a adder of value. I'm someone who, who's, uh, over the last 25 years, I've really enjoyed this ministry of coaching. Uh, about 13 years ago, and I, I got an opportunity to start coaching women, and I fell in love with it. Uh, it really helped me to grow and expand uh, my capacity for what we could be in the lives of, of young women. Uh, on top of that, I, you know, I, I think it's important for me to talk about, you know, spending time in North Carolina and, and meeting and spending time with you, and how that really helped for me to get to this this thought of us creating more in and around what we do in coaching. Right. Um, so I, as always, I I, I, I want to commend you and thank you for just your influence and, and what you meant to us bigger than the ball. And I, I appreciate it. I'll pay you later. <laughs> <laughs> now, we'll talk about it's bigger than the ball. I know you started this about what I think maybe two or three years ago yeah, or maybe longer yeah, than that. April, April 29th, uh, April 29th, 2018. Uh, and it, a lot of it stemmed. You know, from conversations, of course, with you, but in, in kind of watching the landscape of of coaching and coaching today, mm-hmm. and seeing you know at, at our at our age, age, we were coached very differently than the young people that we coach today. Right, and I found that a lot of coaches, you know, well, I'm just an old school coach, or right? <laughs> that's the way that I coach, or they got to get used to it, and that's not. That's not what's happening. And I found that we've got to spend a lot more time growing our leadership capacity and really assessing ourselves if we're going to help them grow. And I wanted to help coaches to kind of gain that dexterity. Yeah. Um, so I, I was kind of, I was moved to create this. And then I've always been someone that as much as I love uh, the strategy, the game, the teaching, the coaching, the fundamentals, the, all those different things, uh, I'm also very, I love developing people mm-hmm. in that landscape. And I think that we've got to be more intentional about that. You know, you can win 30 games a year, 
But if kids aren't prepared to go out in this world and, and walk and stand and create and, um, and prosper, then we fail. Right. So that had a lot to do with, with me wanting to create It's Bigger Than The Ball. Right. Now, you, you've been someone who has been an assistant coach. You've been a head coach. You're an assistant coach again. Like, give us maybe two or three key differences you've seen from moving, you know, from assistant coach chair the, what do they say, like the five inches or the nine inches or whatever it's yeah, called? Six, 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 the six, six inches. inches I don't know who measured that, by the way. Like, who sat there and said, oh, look, it's six inches from assistant coach to head coach. But beyond that, like, what have you learned from the, from assistant head coach and head coach back to assistant coach? I think I think was, it's, that's a great question. Uh, you know, when we're assistant coaches and, I, and, and, and being transparent, when I was a young assistant coach, you know, you, you work really hard on where you have an idea and the head coach doesn't use it or they kind of disregard it and you you can sometimes you feel disrespected or, you know, you get upset. And then when I became a head coach, I really started to understand the value of being an assistant coach. There was a point in, during my head coaching tenure where I didn't have an assistant coach. I was a Division two head coach. And I didn't have an assistant coach. So I really started to understand the value of, of, of having that. And I always felt that when I became an assistant coach again, that I I would be better for a head coach mm. in the regards of um, in the regards of understanding that our job is to be the ultimate suggestion maker. Right, right, uh, right. And and whether and, and to provide information, right? And whatever that, whatever that the, the leader chooses to do with it, they do with it, right? But it's my job to be prepared to provide them with that information. But how long did it take you to get to that point to not take like offense to it? To not be like, hey, coach, I think we should go in two, three, and the coach says, nah, we'll do that later. It, it took me as, a, as, a, as a young assistant coach, it took me a while. It, right. Yeah. It so all you young people out there, just calm down. Your time is coming. You just got to go ahead and, and go with it. Right. H, can we pause this? Absolutely, man. That's fine. I got somebody at the door. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. It's a UPS package. Sending you the Corona. Just kidding, guys. I'm just kidding. All right, ain't you ready? Yeah, I am ready. All right, so let's just go from. Um, I think I can cut it from there. Okay, hold 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 on a second. All right, we'll go from. think about what I want to say now from from now from now on um so we talk about assistant coaches head coaches all right so okay let's do this all right so you've spent a lot of time obviously assistant coach head coach talk about leadership strategies that you have seen that you think are really effective where a lot of coaches business people organization can apply it right now well I think wow 
I know I come hard, man. We come corrected hard. I need you. To, I need you to ask it again. I need you to ask it again. <laughs> All right. What are some? What What are some? Uh, let me backtrack. Being head coach, being assistant coach, you've seen some leadership strategies, things that have worked. What are a couple things that teams, organizations, partners could come together when working on that leadership? Like, what are maybe one or two things you've seen that could work? Whether it's how we communicate, whether it's how we lead, whether it's how we connect. Well, I, I think there are a few things. One of the things I, I really think that's vital is self-assessment and really doing introspection and and and, and getting feedback, you know, and, and difficult feedback. And a lot of you know, I, we've all been around people in leadership positions who don't value, um, who don't do that deep inner work. And I just have always felt, and I. I, I can't say always, but I've learned that, you know, a lot of, if, if we're not improving, if we're not looking inward and, and finding ways that we can grow and improve, then the people that we're, we're leading, they're doomed. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think that the, the biggest, my my biggest, and, and, there, and there's also, I find that there's power in that, Fernando, right. because you can, you can talk about, well, why can't you be successful when you can talk about all these circumstances? But when you look at yourself and you find ways in yourself to, to take whatever your team is, whatever your your whoever you're leading, and finding a way to bring them together, mm-hmm. um, I think there's power in that. And, and I don't think not enough of us utilize that power. Now, what are some ways that you find that you have through your career, kind of grown on how you have grown? Is it writing? Is it reading? Is it meditating? Like, what are some things that you think is really helpful in today's world? I, I, I think, you know, reading for me, I look. There it is. The sweater says, books saved my life. Reading is huge for you. Uh, reading is, has been really huge for me. Um, but I, I've also, you know, the power of podcasts. And H, I'll tell you, um, I, I was, this is maybe 15 years ago, and I, I met with a financial advisor, and we were talking, and he gave me, he asked me a question. He said, he said, are you a Rhodes Scholar? Uh, you know, I looked at him, I didn't. I know I'm not. I didn't understand, you know. And he gave me a packet, a book of CDs by Wayne Dyer. Mm, yeah. And he said, you need to become a Rhodes Scholar. Mm-hmm. And what he meant was using our time in our cars as ways to learn and grow by what we're listening to. And so I really, that that has been key for me. I've done a lot of research just on the power of what we listen to, how it works in our subconscious. So I'm very, uh, I'm, I'm very committed to growing my using, using listening tools, YouTube, podcasts, um, and then mentorship. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm someone, and, and, and you can attest to this, I'm someone that goes after relationships. And I'm very, um, I'm very assertive in my friendships and relationships I, because I understand that I can't make it until you make it. You know, all of our success is, uh, is connected. And, you know, I, I don't want, you know, I know that I need people to help me get to, to whatever it is I'm trying to get to, and 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 conversely, people need me 
Mm-hmm. And so um, that's been that's been hugely important for me. That's great. I mean, I think books, I know I read a lot of books maybe about three, four years ago. I, I don't read as much now. I just take different snippets of different articles. Yes. And, and yes. I think that's like the most effective way. I know they keep saying that all these super wealthy people or super successful people read like a book a week. I don't know. I mean, for hustlers like us, like, I don't know how to read a book a, uh, yeah. a week. I mean, but, but, but to, your, to your point, I, I went to see George Ryan Oh, yeah. And George Ryan, he's been, you know, he's been lauded as this voracious reader and learner. And he talks about he doesn't read books in a traditional fashion. Mm-hmm. He goes through he goes through the the, uh, the 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 table of content and he really seeks out what interests. Yeah, him. yeah. And and you know you save time that way. Right. So I, I understand. And then you know with everything that you can do now, you can listen to books. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. With the audiobooks you can do while you're driving. Right. I think podcasts right. are are a huge thing. Talk about your work with with players, not on the basketball side, but as a personal development. What are some things that you really feel? And let's talk talk specifically about women's basketball. Talk about the young women that you have seen over the last few years. What are things that you felt is a huge part that they need as they continue to develop as young women? And again, not as basketball players, as as people. Wow. there's so much there H Um, and I think I I think that one there are a lot of young people there are a lot of adults today there are a lot of young women who don't who aren't confident in themselves and they don't believe that they can have certain things and they don't believe that they possess personal power and you know it's really important to me that we help you know I, I before you can build really good basketball players you gotta build really good people mm-hmm. you gotta build strong confident people and I think a lot of coaches get that backwards and they can be really knowledgeable about teaching the game of basketball and fundamental skills but if you can't improve a person's self how they their their self worth that's not going to transcend to the floor so a lot of the work, the work that I do, and, and, and I use books, I use, um, you know, I'm, I'm a big John Gordon person. I, mm-hmm. I, you know, we use a lot of his books and, and different programs that I've worked in. But getting young people the opportunity, especially young women, to use their voice. And I don't think a lot of, a lot of young women understand the power of them exerting exerting their voice mm-hmm. and hearing their voice and, and recognizing that they have something um, they have something valuable to say and add um, and that's I've seen young docile introverted people and you give them opportunities to to talk and connect and, and have difficult conversations they start to come out of that shell Right, they do. And now, how does that? How does that impact how they go forward? Right, you know, and how they and how they interact with people as they move forward in life. And I think we as coaches have an unbelievable opportunity to provide those type of to create those type of learning outcomes mm-hmm. for uh, for young people. If it's nothing more, H, than 
every day at the beginning of practice, you put a quote on the board and you have one of the ladies read the quote to the team mm-hmm. and then talk about what it means to what it what does that mean to you? Right. So now you're asking them you're asking them to read one, you're asking them to read, which you know, a lot of young people don't don't really read, you know, as much as probably they should today. But then you're asking them to articulate a thought. Mm-hmm. And and then do that in front of their peers. So, you know, and you watch over the course of a year how how they become more confident. That person who used to talk like this now, their shoulders are back and they exude confidence. And and those are the tangible things that, that we can create in young women um, that that can impact them for years going forward. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. I think that, I, you know, when our players come in or anything for that matter, whether it's our employees, whether it's incoming freshmen, whether it's a transfer, whatever else it is, the, the communication is always lacking. And some of it is understanding how they communicate or how they communicate over time. But then also, how can we go to communicate with them and meeting them halfway, which I think it's, it's really hard for a lot of organizations and coaches um, to do that. I, I see that. And it's also like, how do you teach them how to stand up for themselves? Right. You. Yes. You know, a lot of us yes. parents. How to advocate self-advocacy. Right. Yes. And, and yes. sometimes people take self-advocacy as being angry, as raising Aggression. your voice. Aggression, that's and, and that's yeah. not it, right? That's that's not it with it. So I, I say I saw with my New Zealand team, uh, <clears throat> we had a, a referee didn't want us to cheer a lot. We were warned, saying FIBA is warning us, and I told our ladies in halftime, I said, ladies, we, we will not calm down. We are going to still do it with class. We're going to still do it with the way that we know how to do it, but we're not going to go ahead and just stop because somebody – tells us uh to do what are uh, some of is there like a, a a quick story of you know a specific player person anybody that has made a huge impact in your life where you still feel it today at your mature young age you like how i said that mature young age it's you know there's so many people um you being included who who've, who've impacted my life um but I, I, I really believe that the, the biggest, you know, of course, my parents, but the biggest contributor um, and the, develop, the biggest contributor to who I've become as a man has to be my, uh, my residence hall director in college. His name is Donzel Tiller. Um, Mr. Tiller made a huge impact on my life. Um, just in how he carried himself as a man. Right. Um, you know, when you think about being in college, so think about it, you're in college and, you, you know, you move into the dorm. First, he told us this is not a dorm. This is a residence hall. Mm. When we moved in that hall, he let us know that we would live by three words, respect, discretion, and communication. Mm. Think about those three words in the con- in, in the in the con, you know, in, in the construct of a residence hall, in right. communal living, respect, discretion, communication. He carried, he dressed extremely well, which was, you know, he didn't. He, resident directors, you know, he, he wanted us to know, he wanted us to operate as professionals. So I, I became an, a, one of his resident advisors. I had to be dressed for desk duty. 
We, we knew we understood how to handle meetings. I learned Robert's rules of order at 19 years of old. I'm sorry, 19 years of age. But he helped me. He provided us with opportunities to be professionals and to, 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 to do business mm-hmm. at a young age. And, and that really, he's the reason why people often wonder why I wear bow ties. Right. That's why he's why I wear bow ties. Okay. He taught me, you know, that was his, that is my, I'm a, you know, I pay homage to him by doing that. But he's by far had the biggest impact on, on, on how I, how I walk as a man. Mm-hmm. I think that's beautiful. And you know, your dad, right? Yeah. Uh, Mason, how old yep. is Mason now? Mason is seven. Seven Mason years seven. old. Yeah. How is it being a dad, being a coach? And, and, you know, obviously running, it's bigger than the ball. Like, wh- I, I hate using the word balance. So how do you make it happen? When a lot of people say, I'm just too busy all the time, how do you make it happen? I am, um, and I, I can't tell you that I have, uh, that, that I'm successful at it. Mm-hmm. You know, H, I, I saw Mason. I was, I was able to see Mason over Christmas. And then we returned for the season, and then H, I didn't see my my child for two months. Yeah. And what you know, thank God for the you know the the invention of of, of FaceTime. Yeah. Where, How did they do know, it we're before? Able to connect. And he's, you know, Danita has done a really good job mm-hmm. um, with him. He's you know he's an amazing. He's a learner. Yeah. You know he's a learner. He's a he has a very assertive spirit and um and i and i'm thankful for that is you know you you want your children you don't you you want to be able to have to pull your children back mm-hmm. you don't want to be trying to push them out there to be assertive and, and i i really like that about him um but it's I, I won't tell you that it's not hard and that i don't deal with guilt yeah um and being away from him um and being away from him at at at, at these points you know, he's seven years old, but we're able to talk. He'll call me. He calls me um, every night. He'll call me, Daddy, let's say prayers. Nah, I love it. And no matter where I am, if I'm in practice, I walk outside. I don't. And we and we say our prayers together. Right. Um, but he's he's been an unbelievable. He, he enjoys. Um, I think he enjoys being around the team and. You know, the kids love that they want to call him and FaceTime him and talk to him. Yeah. You know, I, I, I've tried to have him involved as, as much as I can. I remember, you know, him being a baby and me taking him on my shoulders in the weights with the girls. Right. You know, and, and he, you know, kids I coached five years ago, they grew up with Mason. Right. Right. So um, he's, he's, he's an outstanding man. He's an outstanding man. I I think you touched on something that's very important. I think the the thought process of guilt. I think we were raised that guilt is bad, right? That, 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 oh, I'm not spending the same thing. You know, I think a lot of our listeners know that, you know, I haven't been around my kids through the high school years. It's only now as I'm older just because I coach at Duke. They, they grew up in California, but, but it's, it's the fact that you have this guilt and you're living with this guilt. And people want to take away the guilt, whereas if we're thankful for the guilt, right, the guilt shows that we have feelings. The guilt yes. shows that we have empathy. 
Yes. Um, yes. And we try so much to avoid that guilt with it. I know, I mean, I'll tell you how I handle guilt was calling my kids more, was writing a little more. How, what have you done to handle that guilt uh, a little better? And it could be anybody. Obviously, this is just from our perspective because we have kids, but there are other right. people not spending time with family, whether it's not guilt with the guilt of this or that, their own situations. But what are some things, are there some things that you've done to handle it in a way? Uh, I just being more intentional about, uh, about connecting with my child. And it's, it's one thing cause we can be in the same, in the same space and not connect, you know, to really connect with my child and, and, and do things with my child right? and not just say, Oh yeah, I, I got my son with me and we're, he's on his iPad and I'm on my phone. Um, I, I like to write to Mason. I'll sit in my office at times and I'll just write my thoughts to him. Um, and that really helps me a great deal in, in kind of processing it. What's interesting is where I, you know, where I coach in Arkansas, our head coach, you know, Coach Brown has a son. Mm-hmm. And, and I spend, you know, I try to purposely spend time with him. He's three years old to connect with him. Um, to love up on him, you know, as a as a way to to kind of deal with that. Something. Right. Um, you know, and, and, and to your point, you know, it's we love what we coaching. What what we're loving up on other people's children mm-hmm. constantly, and we give a lot of ourselves to other people's children, and so you know, I I. That that leads and stems from a lot of, you know, that guilt that we talk about in not being present as much as you would like to be with your own child. Yeah. So. No, I know it's 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 been. Uh, I, I think there have been times where I have felt guilty spending time with other people's kids or other people because I'm like, well, I could be spending time with my kids. And I right. think that pulls in one way. But I think the other side of it as well, too, is that the kids don't look at it that way. Like your own kids don't even look at it that way. Only when it's brought up, your, only ki- your own kids are usually saying, well, dad is working. And yeah. they are, have their own lives as well, too. Like I'm at the playground or yeah. I'm at a swimming yeah. like my son or my daughter's singing or something like that. I think those are those. Are the, and I, and I, I want to really touch on that because I think guilt holds us back from things. Yes. Right? Guilt holds us back. I, I saw something. They say we are born with two fears. Or we are born with two fears. One is falling down and, one, and the other one is loud noises. We're not born with a fear of new things. We're not born um, of being, a fear of being rejected. We are afraid of falling down and hearing loud noises. So think about it, right? When you're like a two-year-old, you don't want to fall down, so you're just like ah. And then when you parent is <laughs> when your parent is loud, then all of a sudden you're like ah. What you know? You get scared. So that's and I saw that and it really grabbed me. I said, well, we, we really are born with just two things: falling down and loud noises. Right. The everything else we're afraid of, the everything else we're guilt is human made. That is all human made. So if we start understanding that it's human made then maybe we have a better opportunity, better chance to actually get over it, to make right. ourselves better with it. 
So it's that's a great point. That's a great that's a great point. I I actually saw it this morning, so I'm cheating, but I saw it. I wrote it down myself because I was like, this. Yeah, this I, absolutely true. Absolutely yeah. true. Another concept I want to touch with you on, which I found interesting, was that growing up or in, in the work world or even coaching in today, we tell our players, we tell our employees, whatever stuff is going on in your life, you better leave it at the door before you come in here. Whatever's going on, house problems, food, whatever else, leave it at the door so you come here and clear your mind. Where the world is changing, now it's got to be, no, 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 come in with your issues. Come in with right. your problems, right? Because our people want to connect with that. Have you seen that at Arkansas at your other coaching spots? I, I haven't seen it everywhere. And I, I think, I definitely think we have to, as coaches, we have to be equipped with, uh, with a sense of understanding and being able to deal with that, to deal with whatever our young people are bringing with them. Right. And, it, and it stems back to age. You can be the most knowledgeable, you know, strategic, competent basketball coach. Right. But if you can't, if you can't, if you have no understanding of how to deal with and lead and help people to improve, mm-hmm. you're, you're not you're not going to have success. Right. So I think it's it's very it's very important that coaches have to coaches have to gain some different skills that they may not have had to get, get have 25, 30 years ago. You need to be equipped. You got to have some different stuff on your tool belts today. Right. And you, and in my opinion, you have to be passionate about that, right? Because you can't, you're not going to fool these kids. Mm-hmm. You know, they want, they want to be around people that genuinely care for them and take an interest in what they're dealing with. You know, and just, just with, with what, what our kids are going with, what a lot of the student athletes are going with, you know, dealing with right now. You know, with their seasons being cut short and. You know, all those different emotions that young people are dealing with right now, who helps them deal with that? Right. So um, I, I definitely think it's important for coaches to want to improve and, and gain more. You know, I use the term dexterity on how to be able to address the needs of, 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 of what's going on with our players, not just helping them keep their elbow in on their jump shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I, I, I think there's so many things that you can – take from your team, from how you, you help them, how you build them with, with leadership. You know, right now we're in an interesting time. It's the coronavirus. We're all at our homes, you know, which is probably why, why we're filming this at 3.30 in the afternoon because we're all, we're all in home arrest, basically. <laughs> but, you know, I think one of the things that people are losing sight of is what are things that we can be thankful for because this is happening. Right. There, there is one part to be thankful when you wake up in the morning. Thank God. I'm so happy. Thank you for waking me up. That part. But then there's the other part where it's like, oh, I can't believe the coronavirus helped me miss this, this, this. Like, are, is there anything that because of what's going on, you had uh, a blessing come your way or something to be thankful for? Well, definitely, definitely the opportunity to spend this extended time with, with Mason. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, absolutely. You know, it, 
it's it's you know it's been amazing just to uh, just to watch and see how much my son has grown and just to have you know it's one thing you you know H you get a weekend and then you're out yeah, yeah and you're yeah. trying to pack everything into a weekend so so to really have some time to really stretch out and and spend some meaningful time with 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 Mason I, I think I may get an opportunity to go up. Uh, and spending some time with my father. My father lives in the Poconos. Oh, um, but you know the other part about this, and, and I really have, have, have wanted to talk to people about is to take this time and work on your projects. Mm-hmm. And you know those things that you have, those things that are resonating in your heart that are being, you know, this is an amazing time. And I've I've I've, I've used this time. To, to work on a lot of different things and, and to journal and to to kind of think of some new different things to research some different things um, like this I just feel like this is an amazing time to really expand your capacity and, and, and really grow what it is your your you know your what it is you you believe in and if it's, if it's products if it's a business whatever it is if it's learning hell if it's learning about Bitcoin Right. You know, yeah. Anything. You, yeah. Anything you you got, and I and I feel bad for people who who aren't utilizing any of this time to improve themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I just that's that's really been huge for me. Um, we, I mean, to, for, to your point, uh, you know, at the at the WBCA convention last year. Um, I, I, we had something called office hours where we, we just really ate. We took the lobby of the hotel, the host hotel, where we knew all the coaches were going to be, and we just mobilized it and gave it some direction. Yeah. Kind of set up coaches at different tables and gave them a question or gave them a topic and, and really tried to, to create learning environments and, those, and, some, and some real connection. And so I was looking forward to doing that again this year. Um, but with us not having the convention, you know, I wanted, and, and this is, and, and you help again. You help with this getting into the space of a create, and how can we create? So, so we don't have that. How can we pivot and create something different? Mm-hmm. So I, I just, I made myself available to get on. I, I did a schedule and tweeted and put it out on social media. Anybody want to get on a call? On a call, let's hey, let's chop it up. And so I like all this morning before I got on with you today. I've been on calls with people I don't know, some I've talked Love to, yeah. some you know, and it was just to connect and right. and hear about what are you got going on, what are you doing. There, there's something in, in H. I always listen to people, and I'm listening for how how can I help? Is it who do I know that can help them do that? Who what book have I read? You know, and, and I just want to add value. So that's been really that's been really fun to connect with with young coaches and and different people who are just trying to grow and expand. So. Right, I think that's awesome. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Well, tell people what they have to tell people. What's your website? How did how can they get a hold of you? Everything. Listen, I, I I'm old school, so we're gonna start here. My phone number is three zero two three six seven. Three three six zero. Our website is www.itsbiggerthantheball.com. Uh, there you'll find 
different, you know, we have a, a very interesting blog, some different things that, that I've written, just some experiences, a lot of the different work that we've, we've got out and done over the last couple of years on, on you know, with different college programs and on different campuses. Uh, I just, you know, I, I want to use that site to connect with people. Um, you know, we, we want to get out. We're looking to do any type of speaking engagements. Um, you know, coaches who are looking to, to, to improve their capacity um, to grow their teams. Uh, and then our podcast. Uh, you can find our podcast. It's the It's Bigger Than the Ball podcast. Uh, it's on the Apple platform, Apple and Stitcher platforms. Um, we just had, a, I just was able to, uh, we just posted our, our last guest, Coach Daryl Mosley, who, mm-hmm. yeah. who was a uh, Daryl coach that, that had an amazing year at Lincoln University this year. I had an opportunity to coach Daryl and I coached men um, at Lincoln mm-hmm. about, about 12 years ago. So, you know, to, to have an opportunity to help him share his story and what he's doing and, and, and the success that they've had this year, you know, that's been really fun. Please check it out. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, H, thank you, man, for this opportunity to connect with your audience. Um, and again, I'm, I know I say it all the time, man. I, I appreciate you so much. It's, it's, it's always it's always a supernatural experience when I get to connect with you, man. I appreciate you. Well, I, yeah. I appreciate it, man. But I got, I got one last question, man. Okay. See, during season one, it caught fire. People loved it. So we're doing it again for season two. When they make the Kyle Adams full-length oh, wow. feature film, and now I'm going to put it on Netflix because Netflix is huge. So when it's on Netflix, who is playing you? Most deaf. <laughs> Most deaf. For a lot of you younger people who had no idea what he's talking about, Google most deaf. And I can see most deaf. His name is uh his name is Yassine Bey. He changed his name. He's a rapper, he's an he's an actor. Um but I've been told I look like Yassine Bey. Uh, so you look you you Google him and you tell me you tell me what you think. Oh man, I love it. I love it. Well Kyle, I appreciate man you coming on the Be Contagious Leadership Experience. I mean I you know, we've known each other for years. I appreciate yes. your friendship. And I love what you're doing in making an impact with coaches, student athletes, businesses, organizations, everywhere, man. So I appreciate it. Thanks so much for coming on. Thank you, H. How about Kyle Adams bringing the knowledge to the BCLE? Thanks so much for joining us. Make sure you reach out to Kyle Adams and it's bigger than the ball. He has a tremendous amount of knowledge, experience, resources, and he's more than willing to help you out on your quest for an amazing life. Guys, I always say this all the time and I appreciate you listening. You guys are the backbone to what we do at the Be Contagious Leadership Experience. I ask you, do me a favor, head over to iTunes, rank it, rate it, give us five stars, give us zero stars. Whatever you think we deserve, We will take it and we take any feedback so that we can improve what we are doing. But before I get you out of here, I want you to remember one thing. You are chosen, you are amazing, and you are a light to other people. So don't you ever, ever forget that you can be contagious to the people around you. I love you guys. I will see you next time.